This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV. Make clips and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipIt.tv. Welcome into another episode of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by BGN Radio and BGN.com. I'm your host, Jack Fritz, as always. And on today's show, I just got to say I am so proud of an Eagles fan. I'm so proud to be an Eagles fan uh, after that showing out there in Los Angeles. Wentz, California? Is that what we're calling that now? Uh, This past weekend. Uh, I think the Eagles are back, and I'll explain that in one second. Stop reading NJ.com. We have an update on that by two two recurring guests, I guess, two recurring uh, members of this podcast. We have a Ben McAdoo update. Uh, Spoiler alert, they're not happy with him. Uh, guess who jumped on, guess what fan base jumped on the Key and Fahey fucking sucks bandwagon. And finally, well, I know we also have a hashtag 100 take of the week. That's going to be a, a surprise, I think. And we have what's the line saying, as always. Because I was wrong last week, which was the first time all year. But that's okay. We're allowed to be wrong every once in a while, right? I am so goddamn proud of this fan base, and I'm always proud of this fan base. I, I I, will defend the Eagles and their fans to the day I die because I'm an Eagles fan, and we should be defending them because we are the, the, the best fans in football, and we never get credit for it. You hear about the fucking 12th man, which is such bullshit, and the only reason they're so loud is because of the, how that stadium's set up. Uh, you, hear, you just hear about these other fan bases, and we never get credit because we're viewed as uh, monsters and whatever, even though, like, like the worst we do is berate you, throw snowballs, and like look, like Cowboys fans have literally murdered people outside of their stadium, and still we get the most shit in in the world. It's insane to me. Eagles fans get a bad rap because we're viewed as as monsters for some reason. But I think that's starting to change. I think it's starting to change. Really, back to the draft this year, I think we really showed the rest of the nation the different class that Eagles fans are in. 
Uh, this morning I was doing a, a a bit here at work and I had to pull the audio of us chanting "Fly Eagles Fly" at the draft. I get chills just thinking about it. It was the loudest, most joyous Eagles Fly Eagles Fly outside of like a Super Bowl or a playoff victory I can ever remember. It it had really really special value to me, and it really showcased how great we are on a national stage. But now you back that up with I eighty percent of that stadium was Eagles fans. I would say. And now we're like the toast of the NFL. Everyone's like, oh my God, Eagles fans are great. <laughs> because we are great. And we've always been great. Now I want you to hear this. Because it really shows how amazing we are. This was picked up on 94WIP's uh, radio feed of Eagles fans drowning out Chargers fans. The cute little Chargers try to try to start a little chant. Like, Let's go Chargers. And boom, on top of them. At least 80% Eagles fans who just berated them with a Let's Go Eagles chant. Berated these Chargers fans. It was so beautiful to hear. I want to inject this cut into my veins. Just tell me you didn't get chills listening to that, because I sure did. It, it, it made me so, so proud to be an Eagles fan. I'm sure you guys all feel the same way. Taking it over more than anything I can ever... I mean, even even when when, when the National Stadium was CBP, CBP South there for a little bit, it never felt as special as that felt. And it feels like this team and this franchise is turning around, which leads me... I think the Eagles are back. Like the Like the... Eagles, not the team that's occupied one Novacare way for the last, like, since 2008. I would say this is the this is the most I've felt like in on the Eagles in a while, and of course it starts with Carson Wentz. I mean, he's clearly taking that next step. He is controlling everything on this offense. He Doug is giving him full autonomy to do whatever he wants. Pretty much. He's giving him two plays. He's going up to the line. He's seeing what the defense is doing. And he's just taking over games. And it's, it's what we've always wanted. And and Doug, to his credit, is, is putting him in these situations and trusting his young, smart quarterback to be able to handle this stuff. And they're starting to feel like the Eagles again. We really haven't had true Eagles since the days of Westbrook, McNabb, Trot. Duck. I would even throw Trent Cole in there. Um, I think Brent Selleck. I mean, he's on the team now, but he feels like a true eagle. And I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not sure anyone will understand what I'm saying. The guys from 2009 ish to like past Chip era, like 2015, 2016, they never really felt like eagles. They didn't really understand what it meant to be an eagle. And now with guys like Wentz. Jason Peters. I know he's been here for a while, but like the last two years, I've felt a, a stronger connection to Jason Peters. Lane Johnson. He comes out before the season and says we're gonna whoop some ass this year. It's fucking awesome. Like people were like, oh, "Well, why would you say that?" Because he's confident in his team. He understands it. He gets it. He, him, him, and Carson Wentz both want to win for the city, and I think that is so awesome. I think that is so awesome. I think Brandon Graham. Uh, he is such a tone setter on this team. I think he's brought out the personality of Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox feels more like an eagle than he ever has. 
and maybe it's maybe it's Timmy Jernigan also bringing out Fletcher Cox because I this is this is this is a little premature, but I think Timmy Jernigan's an eagle, like an eagle. He is aggressive. He is he has his awesome gold teeth. Gets in the backfield, hits people. He feels like an eagle, and he's only been here for for four games. And finally, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins is such a great representative representative of this team. What he does in the community, what he's doing right now, uh, and then on the field, he's just everyone respects him. These guys feel like true Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm no longer worried about these trap games because of this group. I was very worried heading into San Diego because they just had an emotional win. They got to travel cross country and play a Chargers team that's own three, and seemed like a classic spot for the Eagles to lose. But I just feel like this group is different. They are bought in. Brand, like If you listen to Brandon Graham at all in this offseason, he's just like, he's like, I'm not going to let this group lose. The, this, this core that the Eagles have, even though it's a little bit older and it's not like a young ascending group, they're, 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 they're holding each other accountable and they're not letting each other lose. And I, credit has to go to Doug Peterson. It really does. He he's he's gotten a lot out of these guys. And he's, he's creating this environment where players can um can can just speak for themselves, feel like themselves, feel like true players. Where Chip kind of you know didn't let them have that freedom. I'm telling you, we're starting to we're starting to see the Eagles become the Eagles again, and not that team that occupied one of care way from 2009 on to now. It feels different. These guys love this city. And they love playing in front of these fans. They appreciate the fans. They get the fans. Um, I'm, how could I forget? Of course, Jordan Hicks is in my, in my core as well. He gets it as well. These guys get it. They understand what it means to be an eagle. And they, they will not be trapped because they're, all, they're, they're just sick of not being in the playoffs. And I think that's awesome. All summer they talk about how sick they are about not being in the playoffs, whether it's Wentz, whether it's Lane Johnson, whether it's Brandon Graham. They all went out and said that. It's awesome. I love it. Also, another reason I can tell that the Eagles are back is because I don't know if anyone else saw this or put the two and two together. But shoulder pads guy is back. Where the fuck did this guy go? All of a sudden he's all of a sudden he's next to Boltman on, on, on Sunday afternoon. I was wondering where shoulder pads guy went. Because I was I was beginning to think that shoulder pads guy was the same guy that used to be the vet saying everybody hits woohoo. Remember that guy? I thought Shoulder Pads guy was extinct. But guess what? He's back. And if Shoulder Pads guy is back, that means that I'm back. And that means that the Eagles are back. Very happy to see that Shoulder Pads guy is back. Stop reading NJ.com. Don't give them the clicks. They are, their writers for the Eagles are embarrassing. Whether it was Mark Echol, who is an asshole, or Elliot Shore Parks, or Matt Lombardo, their whole model to this whole thing is based on commission off of your clicks. So, of course, they're going to say ridiculous shit. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Jack underscore Fretz 34, you saw this tweet from me last week. But, and this is, I'm, I'm not even going to give them the option to be on my, on my hashtag 100 check of the week because these are so embarrassing. Let's start it off with Matt Lombardo, whose Penn State thing is so fucking annoying. And he's found a way to ruin Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley. 
I hate Penn State, but I love Saquon Barkley. And he has managed to ruin him for me because he comes out with this take like he's, he literally said he's the best running back in all of football no matter what level of competition. Just shut the fuck up, dude. Just admit he's a great fucking running back and stick and stay there. You don't have to say he's better than Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson or even Zeke yet. Just 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 like just love the guy that is in college. You don't have to say blasphemous shit to get clicks like you always do. It is so frustrating. And then he comes out with this take. Uh Dez is probably the number one receiver in all of the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? Before he tweeted that out. Des Bryant had just surpassed 112 total yards on the entire season, and it was after week three, heading into week four. But yeah, best receiver in the NFL, even though everyone who covers the league agrees that he looks different and a step slower and not as good as he was two years ago. But no, he's better than Julio Jones. He's better than OBJ. He's better than Antonio Brown. Like, Mike Evans. He's, he is 100%, like, 100% not better than any of them. 100%. It's not even, it's not even arguable. And then his little sidekick, Elliot Shoreparks, comes in with the, I would take J-Matt, I know that upsets people, but my opinion is my opinion, over Alshon Jeffrey. Like, are you fucking, like, why? Why do you say, why do they say such stupid shit that is so not, it's just not true. It's not true. Or else you just don't know what you're looking at, which it could be. These guys might be blind, or they're just getting clicks from NJ.com. Like, that is all they're trying to do. We have to stop falling for it. Because it is mind-numbingly stupid for them to keep doing this. You guys are embarrassing. It is... I'm getting angry just reading these tweets again. I was angry then. More angry now. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? God, it's so frustrating. They're, they they literally are, are, are making us dumber. That is what their goal is. Because these are two of the dumbest takes I think I've ever seen. Kirk Cousins had a baby. Now, congratulations, Kirk. I'm glad the baby's healthy, and I'm glad that your wife's healthy, and everything's great. But, I mean, Cooper Cousins? Is that not the most classic Kirk Cousins baby name? I wish I could have handicapped and bet on that, because I feel like Cooper Cousins was a lock. CC. What are, what, you, you can already tell this kid's going to be shoved in lockers. Although I guess he is Kirk Cousins' kid, so he probably won't be. But if he was birthed to anyone else, Cooper Cousins is being shoved in lockers because not only is that a dweeb name, but his dad's an absolute dweeb as well. Moving on, we have a Ben McAdoo update. And uh, oh, they are uh, they are not happy with their their freakishly ugly-looking coach that now has slicked back hair. And it's him because they are 0-4 after a loss in Tampa Bay this weekend. Uh, he's got to lose his job soon, I would think. But just, just, just listen to this, this, this glorious thing. Young coaches all throughout this league now. I don't need to name them. You know who the fuck they are. They don't even have the talent that you have on a fucking roster, and they do more with it because they're innovative. They're creative. Is that a so fucking hard? You're supposed to be this fucking guru. I ain't getting shit. Just keep it rolling, baby doll. Let me walk for a little bit before I have a fucking stroke. Uh, question: Why does he have a southern accent? Like, do the Giants have a a, a southern fan base that I didn't know about? Either way, uh, shout out to that guy. That's our Ben McAdoo update of the week. Um, they're not happy with him up in New York. 
Now, I'm going to debut a new segment because <laughs> I feel like I teeter uh, on this line almost every day I wake up. I can't decide if I like Doug Peterson or not. After the Kansas City game, and really after I saw them not be able to change a formation of the line and then like have guys split out wide without <laughs> getting a penalty called on them, uh, I thought they were very, a, a pretty pretty poorly executing team and I was pretty out on Doug because it seems like they weren't able to execute but in these last two weeks it seems like ever since Stefan Wisniewski has been put in the lineup which again they put Stefan Wisniewski in there but it was after both Chance Warmack and uh, Isaac Sayamalu both sucked and then this past week everything's going great and he pulls Wisniewski again for Chance Warmack again which I don't get at all but but really, this is this is what we call the Doug Peterson confidence meter, and we're gonna check this every week on the on the on the Counterpoint podcast because I feel like every week it fluctuates between whether we like this guy or not. This week, I really like him. <laughs> I uh, I talked myself into him being a, a a good players coach. They the the players feel comfortable. He is letting Carson Wentz do everything in the line, which I think is good. I think it takes pressure off him with calling plays, and I mean Carson Wentz is the one out there that's seeing things. And he's able to audible and make this offense run more smooth, smoothly. He's audible, audibling to these run plays, which have completely flipped in these last two weeks. It's been great. They have more balance. They're pounding the ball. They're continuing and dominating the time of possession. Uh, I have, I, I'm like 60% in on Doug. Uh, and really, I just keep talking myself into him being the Charlie Manuel of this team. So the Doug, the Doug Peterson confidence meter is over the halfway mark. It's at about 60%. Uh, I'm not fully in yet because, once again, 4th and 8 did cause me some a lot of concern, actually. But just last week in San Diego was such an impressive win. And I, 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 was, I was more happy after they beat San Diego than after they beat the Giants because I think after they beat the Giants, I was more like, well, thank God. <laughs> because that would have been an embarrassing loss at home. Uh, and th- but this game, I thought, was a really tough spot for them to go into. And to his credit, Doug Peterson had his guys ready. These guys are ready to go. And 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 honestly, letting the players do them is great. He was a player. He gets that. Uh, we're, we're, we're right over the halfway mark for Doug Peterson confidence. We're not fully in on him being the guy of the future, but we're not completely out on him after he were after Kansas City. I hope you enjoy the Doug Peterson confidence meter. So guess what fan base has joined on the Key and Fahey fucking sucks bandwagon? Texans fans, yes, because he supporter uh, supposedly doesn't like doesn't like Deshaun Watson. Look, I don't know how to say your name, but I'm gonna go with Cayenne because your takes is hot as fuck. All right, Deshaun Watson can throw the damn ball. I mean, how are you gonna judge? They don't throw shit over there in your country, okay? Y'all, y'all kick balls around. The only thing y'all throw is a toothpaste away that we drop off in care packages every other year since we beat y'all's ass in World War II, you know? So don't come over here telling me what Sean Watson, the, the quarter, the head coach whisperer, okay? He's the head coach guru, by God. You don't tell me he can't throw a damn ball. He's saving a whole damn city on his back. Maybe he'll give you his next paycheck and you can go somewhere and find something to stick up your ass. That don't even really make sense. But he'd do it because he's a nice guy. Now, uh, 
that guy, I don't think he knows that um, we didn't beat Ireland in in World War II, but that's okay. Who cares? Because he's completely right. Fuck Kian Fahey. He's wrong. He's wrong about the Sean Watson. And guess what? Now, he's been wrong. First off, he's been wrong about Carson Wentz. And he has his personal agenda. And this stupid draft Twitter, who I got in an argument with this this Charles McDonald guy, then he, of course, like he screams bias after I say like Wentz is good because that's the only thing you can do. Even though they have a bias against Carson Wentz because they won't just admit that they were wrong. I don't know why it's so hard to admit you're wrong, but I guess draft Twitter has that uh, that problem with them. It's embarrassing, but whatever. I mean, they can keep embarrassing themselves because Carson Wentz has been great. And he's uh, he's clearly a franchise quarterback, and not bad, and also not Blake Bortles. So uh, yeah, always <laughs> as always, go fuck yourself, Keaton Fahey. Moving on, hashtag 100 take of the week, uh, and I'm sort of Kuma Grugier hilling this um, because my my hashtag 100 take of the week is that if Carson Wentz doesn't win a Super Bowl, we're just never gonna win one, and I don't know if that's premature or not. But it's exactly how I feel. If Carson Wentz, he is so clearly the guy that's going to walk, that's going to lead us down Broadway, that if you can't see that, I mean, what are you doing? I have never felt more confident in a take in my life than Carson Wentz is going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if that's premature or not. It probably is way too premature. But it's just exactly how I feel. Because if he doesn't win us one, then we're just never, we're cursed. We're, we're the Cubs. We're never going to win a Super Bowl. We're just never going to do it because that guy has the leadership, the gamerness, the arm, the smarts. He can do it all, and we're slowly seeing him develop and taking that leap to elite quarterback standard. We really are. It's right in front of our eyes, and I thought the San Diego, San Diego game and most of the Giants games showed that. He is taking that leap right in front of our eyes, and if he's not going to do it, we're never going to win. What's the line saying? So I was wrong last week. I'm going to put my hand up. But I will say this. It was closer than many of you thought. And still 3-1 of the season. So still doing pretty well. I do say so myself. Um, this line opened up at 6. Uh, it was up to a 7.5 at one point yesterday. And I think it's at 6.5 right now. And guess what? I don't care. Because the Eagles are going to absolutely blow out the Cardinals this week and I, I was talking to my friend after the game and I said I think it's going to open at four because I feel as if Vegas has not adjusted to the Cardinals being shitty for two years now or for a year and a half now. Um, Vegas hasn't adjusted and they've had pretty favorable Cardinals lines for a long time now and this might be in a readjustment but I'm not sure yet um, I don't know if you saw the Cardinals play the Cowboys two weeks ago, but Demarcus Lawrence just blew up the Cardinals line. It was like, they couldn't even, they couldn't, they couldn't stop him. It was, it was remarkable. They had one guy on him, single coverage, and that was it. It it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They couldn't stop it. Now, the Cowboys offensive line just got torched by the Rams. Or the Cowboys defensive line just got torched by the Rams offense. And really the Cowboys defense as a whole, which is just embarrassing. And the Cardinals really can't do much against it. Now they have to face the Eagles defensive line, which, as we know, is going to eat. The Eagles are going to absolutely eat. Now, the one thing that causes me concern this week is Larry Fitzgerald. Because Larry Fitzgerald, as you well know, absolutely fucking murders us. Absolutely murders us. I'm not looking... Like, 
If we get torched again by Larry Fitzgerald, I think it's time to do the Kevin Cobb trade. Honestly, Kevin Cobb for Larry Fitz? Who says no? Um, but I think with when the line opened up, it, it felt as if um, they were trying to make the spread big enough where people would put money on the Cardinals. Uh, and then they're trying to sort of trap the public into thinking the Cardinals have a shot. A shot or, or betting the Cardinals would be a smart bet. Um, and I like that side. I like that side a lot. Uh, but I think the Eagles are going to come out. Hopefully, uh, you know, for that embarrassing loss two years ago at home, um, hopefully they come out and, and, and dominate this Cardinals this Cardinals team because not only are they banged up uh, on both sides of the ball, they lost one of their best pass rushers, but uh, Carson Palmer looks like a corpse of himself. David Johnson is hurt. They're wounded. They just had it. I guess it's an emotional win over the 49ers. Um, they really haven't looked special at all. Um, I know they love to throw the ball deep, which is a bit concerning. Um, and hopefully the Eagles are ready for that. I'm sure they will be. But at home, good spot. Six-point line. I think they're trying to get some money on the Cardinals. Not worried about it at all. Um, the Eagles come out and, and blow out the Arizona Cardinals. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. This is what your second record, and it's the song you wrote.